Kopitiam Conversations. This is Kopitiam Conversations. I'm your host, Winston. In this episode, I speak to our guest, Noel Khan, who is the brainchild and fashion designer of Canoe, a homegrown tropical wear brand based in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Having studied fashion design in Sydney, Australia, Noelle obtained a scholarship during her final year to do a master's in fashion as art in Florence, Italy. Upon returning to Malaysia, she went on to a different journey and taught in high schools for two years before living in the island of Boracay, the Philippines, to do social work for another two years. As she set her sails back onto the tropics where she grew up as a child, she knew it was time to start her own fashion label, Canoe. Hi, Noelle. Thank you for coming on Kopitiam Conversations. Uh, Noelle, you are the founder of your own fashion label called Canoe Wear. All right. Yeah, it's actually, I just call it Canoe, but um, my website is Canoe Wear and my Instagram. So Noelle, talk us through this. You didn't exactly start your education in fashion design. I believe your father wanted you to do pharmacy. <laughs> so that took you to Adelaide um, to do something else before fashion design? Yes, so basically I wanted to do fashion and so when I was looking through, after college, when I was looking through the, you know, the brochures and all that, what to study at Mm. university and all that, the only thing that really like made my heart like jump or like excited was fashion designing. So I told my parents that, but they were not happy. So we got into like a mini argument and I decided, okay, let me just do what they want. Uh, I wanted me to do something safer perhaps and I was good in biology back in uh, school so okay pharmacy you know right um, so I went to Adelaide and did that but I was still really persistent about fashion so mm-hmm. I bought a sewing machine and I still like try to learn to pattern make and sew myself and right. my parents my dad, I guess he saw my persistence and so there was once in the middle of semester of the first year when I was in the University of um, Adelaide studying Bachelor of Arts and Science, my dad was like, okay, you can go and do what you want. Um, so I guess that's when I straight away took the lead to uh, sign up into a fashion school. Now, just a little bit of origin story. How old were you when you realized you had the passion in fashion? So what sparked that interest? Um, I think ever since I was a young girl, so when I was, you know, like in primary school, no, even younger than that, like kindergarten, <laughs> kindergarten, kindergarten. School, I would already be like, yeah, I would already be matching my dress to my socks, to my shoes, to my underwear, like just say they all have to be the same color. Like wow. a bit OCD maybe, <laughs> but everything had to match. So I'll be super matchy, and then like at super young age, like I think yeah, kindergarten, like maybe older kindergarten, I would like wear those curlers. I was pretty wain, I guess. I like wear those ama curlers, you know, to have wavy hair. <laughs> I was really in whole like maybe the beauty i would say like design beauty i was already into that and what's more my dad was an architect so i meant i mean right. like come on <laughs> it's already part of the genes isn't it yeah, design you know? is in your blood so, yeah <laughs> and i was good in like yeah design is in my blood my mom's a left-handed so i'm a left-handed so you know how left-handed are supposedly a bit yay left-handed with a different brain oh yeah yep. <laughs> yeah i'm left-handed too yeah <laughs> okay 
Now, in the previous interview, I'm not too sure whether um, how far back this is, right? But you mentioned that in your second year, you started winning some design competitions. Now, were those designs any different from those that Canoe is doing now, or were they designed pretty much on a similar track? Um, they were different because uh, the I remember the first competition that I won. It was more of uh, the whole year, our year of fashion design students. Mm-hmm. We had to design um, a collection for um, an Australian company. Uh, yeah, it's called Q. So the Australian company called Q is popular in Australia for right. working women. Mm-hmm. So we had to design for them, and the the designer or the person in charge at Q would look through all of our um, you know all our submissions and choose the right. winner. So in a way I had to adapt to what I believe Q's design were and design for them. So I was I guess I have the ability to adapt to a different brand to know what they want and deliver it to them. Women's business clothes. Yeah it was a uh, more for working woman. Yeah working right. woman wear. Um, and also the other competitions were mainly um, there were teams to it that you had to submit to a team. Yeah. So that that brand Q that you mentioned is actually kind of like a client project for you, lah. <laughs> guess so, but it's like for us students, so it's a it's like a competition among the students to ah, okay. and then see which uh, one day they feel like hey, it's more suitable for it. It makes sense to produce like these garments it matches their identity yeah oh, all right all right i use that term client project because coming from an advertising background we call them clients so we are working on actual mm-hmm. you know live projects with a real company now following your master's program in fashion at florence italy why did you temporarily halt your dreams in fashion i mean you had like two years teaching in high schools and another two years uh, doing social work at Boracay, the Philippines. So why not a stint immediately at a local or international fashion label? Why that sudden break in your fashion? I mean, you said that it's your passion, right? Yeah, um, I guess at that time when I was, uh, when I finished my master's program, um, actually there was uh, someone who wanted to in- invest in me to, or sponsor me to start a label in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was working on it so I tried like, I was like wow this is a good opportunity let me work on it but when I worked on it I just felt like I wasn't ready and part of me felt like I wanted to do something at that time my mindset was really different I wanted to do something I felt was uh, like giving more to society and mm-hmm. I didn't see fashion as the avenue at that moment even though it actually could be. But I want to do something to do with helping the those that needed more help, you know. So right. that's why I, I I was thinking I wanted, actually I wanted to go straight into do mission work. Mm-hmm. But the opportunity actually popped up for me to do, to teach in a high school. Right. So I thought, hey, this is a good uh, start, you know. Let mm-hmm. me try this out. I was oh. teaching art. You were teaching so, art? Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay, this is a really fun, okay, this is a story like, actually. So what happened was that year, um, that year when I got back from Italy and I was working on that uh, project to start a label and I decided, ma. and then what happened was that, okay, I wanted to do mission work. So I just prayed. I was like, okay, God, um, provide something for me by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. 
If not, the following year, I will look for myself. I look for something to do. I apply for somewhere. I'll just cari lah. Alright. So, but then, so what happened was for New Year's Eve, a friend called me to see fireworks. Okay. Uh, and it was actually at his auntie where his auntie worked, which was the school. So about 15 minutes before. Uh, New Year's. All the right. auntie was like, "Hey, I heard you wanted to teach kids. Our art teacher just left to get married. Why don't you teach in our school?" Then it's like, <laughs> like "Okay, maybe this is the prayer answer. If I get it, I'll take it as so." <laughs> so yeah, that's the story behind the, the behind it. Okay, wow! A guy invited you on New Year's Eve to watch fireworks. Hey, <laughs> A guy who is my friend, who has a girlfriend, and I'm I'm friends with his girlfriend. <laughs> Sorry, we are friends, but yeah, it's my guy friend. All right, now so you went to Borokai after that, and um, while doing social work, I guess you had a very good experience there. You know, based on uh, earlier reports that I read about you. Now, but you encountered some health. Uh, concerns while at Borokai. Uh, what actually happened to you, resulting from the pollution and the allergies to the mold that you encountered? What actually happened to you that you know suddenly you decided that okay, I have to come home? Um. So that year, that year, I I was like almost coughing nonstop. Is as though it couldn't be cured like the whole year. Mm-hmm. So it really affected my my lungs and all that. So when I came back to Malaysia, so mm-hmm. it was like how to say, um, my heart was palpitating. Alright. Like it was really palpitating. It's like what's wrong with me, you know? And then like just say I I went out with some friends and eat ice cream. Mm-hmm. Then when I take out the ice cream, got blood. Oh, that means wow. my 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 skin was very weak or something, you know. That mm-hmm. it can the sensitivity to the coldness also can, can cause me to bleed. So in a way, my body had became really weak from that whole year of the dealing with the the environment lah. Mm-hmm. So my body became sick, really like yeah, not well. That's why I decided I had to come back and heal lah. I mean, get my body back to condition to good shape, and then. I wasn't sure what else, what to do in my life at that moment coming back now. Oh, okay. When I was back. So these moles are airborne, is it? That's why you you encountered all this. Um, I think I don't know why, but as though my lungs is very sensitive to like just say cigarette smoke, mm-hmm. um, pollution dust, and right. even moles. I think can really cause some health complications. Mm-hmm. So I think the combination of everything just um got a toll on my my lungs. Ah, uh, that. The lungs also affected other areas after that. Right, right. You would think that Borokai is a seaside resort and you will have, you know, uh, ample fresh air and all, but these things still happen. Okay. Yep. On to questions that are, you know, probably a little bit more fun. Okay, so you started canoe with a capital of five thousand ringgit back in twenty sixteen, which of course you and I know in today's. Uh, Standard is not really a lot. I mean, it's a decent startup capital, but it's not a lot. You had uh, fabrics and materials to purchase. So I want to ask you this question: What would you say would be the most significant or the most important purchase you made in setting up the brand? Huh? That one thing that is that is the most important purchase. It could be a scissors. It could be probably not a sewing machine because the sewing machine came a lot earlier already. I think it's it's my tailor, <laughs> having my tailor. 
Yeah, that one tailor. It was a very he was it was his part time job only when he's All working right. with me. So he was just sewing little bit uh, of clothes. Then after that, I think after six months uh, or don't know what, then food become full time already lah. All right. Yeah, so, so in the beginning, hmm. Your human resource. He was a mechanic. Mm. He was a mechanic. Oh, a mechanic that can sew. Uh yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting combination. You have someone who is who is skilled in both being able to use the sewing machine and also being able to fix cars. That is excellent. I think a lot of people would love to be in this position to be able to be so technical. That's true. That's true. He's great. He was amazing. Now a lot of your designs, I believe, are inspired by a combination of your time in Malaysia, in Australia, in Italy, and of course the Philippines. Now, what inspired your decision to go boho ethnic and make batik batik motifs as the basis of your designs? I guess I've always liked art and design that came that is handicraft and. You know, speaks of history mm-hmm. and culture. So I guess that's why when I look at fabrics and all that, I am attracted to these kind of textiles. So from there, the attraction to these uh, cultures, this art, and and you know history, and wanting to bring it back into the modern context and introduce right. it to the modern girl, the the current girl. That is what. Made me uh, moved in that that direction. I notice in your introduction of your brand, you always use the term "she is a child of the tropics." So explain that a little bit more. Why did you go into something that is so uh, poetry in motion to begin your brand like that? Child of the tropics, because I believe that I am a child of the tropics, and every girl in Malaysia is the child of the tropics, and they should embrace it. Uh, growing up, I always felt that I sh- I should look at the West uh, to to you know, and I want something from the West. You know how they dress, how they look, and all that. Mm-hmm. But then I've come to see that hey, we have our own beauty. Mm-hmm. We have um we have something unique and special. We should embrace who we are. So that's why it starts from knowing that we are the child of the tropics. Ah, uh, okay. So it's. Autobiographical in that way, mm, pretty much, right? So. Your brand represents the essence of who you are or what the Malaysian woman is, right? Yeah. All right. A lot of clothing brands these days, no brand names mentioned, are criticized for focusing on fast fashion with the term "mastige," mass prestige being thrown around. Now, criticisms often include wastage and pollution, poor quality but trendy clothes that last a season, and of course. In disposable the next season, and of course inhumane working conditions brought about by low labor cost. Of course, uh, partly as the result of globalization. Now, mm. kindly tell us more about what makes Canoe a brand with ethical practices. What makes us, I would say, different is that we we make sure that each part of the process that the people we are. Involved with and the people we are working with is happy with the exchange. Mm-hmm. How to say? It's like everyone is happy in the exchange. In the end, business is all about transaction mm-hmm. and fair trading. So I think first of all, with hu- other human beings, it is this uh, happy exchange. And then with the environment, we use um, natural fibers such as cotton 
So I believe cotton is very um, good on the skin and long-lasting as well as it is biodegradable. So this is why I usually use natural fibers. Uh, secondly is that uh, it's zero waste in the sense that with the fabrics that I use, mm-hmm. um, I always make sure I optimize each uh, all the materials. I don't want to throw away anything. My in, my previous intern called me Super Saver Noel because I don't like to throw away anything. So um, <laughs> so, so in a way, I guess it's also part of who I am. I I don't I, I hate wastage. Mm-hmm. Um, so it 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 flows into how I do my business lah. Yeah. So I guess these are certain things that um I look at and also uh, financial sustainability. Uh, as much as you want to be sustainable. Um, in the product, you have to be sustainable financially to make sure the whole ecosystem works. So I think you have to look into every area to make sure that the whole thing um, is is working well together, lah. All right. To grow, to grow healthy. Yeah. So you mentioned about ma- zero material wastage and all that. So all the odds and ends of the, you know, the fabric and all, you would do it up like some patchwork and and come up with something interesting and something new. Yes, yes. In some sense, we we will create, we will make sure like the uh, small fabric. Some I even sometimes sell that or sell them on my website, so mm-hmm. customers can buy the small remnants. They can make crafts if they want. But yeah, oh, at least it doesn't okay. go to waste. Alrighty. Obviously, right now we are still in MCO. I understand that bazaars and pop up events are a big part of the Canoe brand. Now, other than having an online presence in your website. What were some of the measures you had to take to adapt your brand, given the lack of opportunity this time, especially uh, for face-to-face customer engagement? Um, I would say Instagram is the best way to have a connection with the customers, because who isn't on Instagram? Uh, almost True. everyone uses it to connect with their friends, you know. So I and to stay up to date what with what's happening around even news, you know, you get it from what foodie.kl. So <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, so I think Instagram is a great way where I I actually keep in touch with my customers and mm. I I guess we we you know we we grow in the in we get to DM they they DM me and you know we we get to have little conversations mm-hmm. and this and that yeah. Alright, so do you have a mailing list of all your customers whereby you contact them, you know, every now and then, email marketing? Yes, yes, so we do have a newsletter, so when I am, when I feel that it's uh, important to write a newsletter, I will mm-hmm. write one and... You have to do it yourself, you don't have a, a digital marketer doing that for you or helping you out on that? Uh, well, I like to be personal with them, my customers, so Excellent. I like to write them. I like to write it to them, yeah. Very, very great for, you know, customer engagement where you are actually in the heat of actually the exchange as well, which is, I thought, I think it's excellent. We so much time at home because of the MCO, right? I mean, tell us or even tease our listeners on what you are working at right now. What I'm working at right now? Yeah, what's next for Canoe? What are you planning for Canoe right now? It's a secret. It's a secret. But for now, it's a secret. But for now, I'm launching items that um, the girls can enjoy as they are at home, mm-hmm. and as well as carry on when and they can wear it in the future when they're out. But focus on what they can actually wear right now. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
okay, being a guy, I have to ask for male representation. Any male products coming soon from Canoe? It's on the way. It's on the way. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned, guys. It's coming. Okay, where can we get information about this? Um, you can follow us on our Instagram, even though it's just all girly stuff right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is your platform. Tell the listeners what your URL is. Okay, uh, so my web store is www.canoeware.com and my Instagram is canoeware. Now, more recently, towards the later part of last year, you were, you were featured in the Visa Where You Shop Matters TV commercial. Now, how much has the experience created more exposure for your brand? Mm, for me, it was a fun experience because uh, I get to see what it's like to uh, practice my lines and be on advertisement. <laughs> And also have a good connection with Visa. So this year, they invited me as a panel to speak to the Visa Asia Pacific staff. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, the staff in Australia, New Zealand, Taiwan and all that. All right. So that was a great opportunity to have that friendship with Visa. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel that also um, with their exposure, I'm sure that there have been people who got to know Canoe. How many percent of your buyers are from overseas and how many of them are local? Mm, I would say probably uh, 70 about 70% are local and 30% are overseas, around that. 70 to 80% are local, uh, yeah. And 20 to 30% are from overseas. So any plans to expand internationally other than sourcing for materials? Oh, expand. Uh, it's already expanding. Mm -hmm. um, it's already expanding, but um, we will see. I'm still building the connections um, within the nation. <laughs> right. So we'll, we'll see. So if our listeners want to get hold of your products in a store, where can they find this? Offline or online? Offline, brick and mortar store. Okay, so brick and mortar store, we do have it at the curb. It's in a multi-concept store called Fireworks. So Fireworks multi-concept store at the curb. But you can only go probably when the MCO is over and the shops are open. Yep, of course. And, yep. But for if you want a full range, do just check out online. Yes. Also in Penang, China House, you will find something. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Noel. Thank you for uh, sharing with us your experience in the fashion industry, what you are doing, and it's so nice listening to you again after all this while. Yeah, thank you, Winston. It's, it's good to be able to share my story. Go Conversations.